You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in today's episode. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. It's been eight days since we've been able to say that and five shows or something like that, but who's counting? Um, Wolves Pelicans tonight. So a good chunk of the show today, we'll be looking at what the Pelicans have been up to Looking back at the only matchup so far this season between the two teams, believe it or not, the Wolves actually beat the Pelicans in a game with no D'Angelo Russell, no Carl Anthony Towns. So weird, but true. Um, I really had to rack my brain to remember that game. But we'll talk a little bit about that, um, as well as the matchup this evening, what the Pelicans have done since then, etc. And here off the top, we'll hit a few Wolves notes. They had their first practice since before the All-Star break. Um, the NBA updated some of the COVID 19 protocols. And so the Wolves have actually only practiced once since they played last, which is obviously a detriment to Chris Finch and his staff. Uh, but I want to talk about some of those updates, Wolves injury updates, health updates, etc. Here, first thing in the show, of course, before we get to that, though, I do want to remind you that you can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves or at BBeacon. That's BBeacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, so Wolves notes, um, perhaps the most notable thing that was said in the Timberwolves media availability on Tuesday, uh, excuse me, on Wednesday, was um, that Jordan McLaughlin is in, will be out on Thursday. He's in the health and safety protocols, um, and, and we don't know exactly what the deal is, but the implication is that he may have tested positive. Darren Wolfson had tweeted out best of luck to him in his battle with COVID. I, you know, I don't know that there's any, the team typically, the team hasn't confirmed anybody's positive tests. Of course, Towns confirmed his own. Wancho was, was kind of an obvious one. And I believe he confirmed it after the fact. Rubio was a close contact and missed two games at one point back when Wancho contracted COVID. Um, so we don't know exactly with McLaughlin, but obviously it's a terrible turn of events. He's the only point guard on the roster, not named Ricky Rubio. Uh, Ashton Haggins was waived. The, the two-way player who would have been the backup was waived during the G League bubble for violating health and safety protocols while he was with the Iowa Wolves in, in the bubble. And so there's no other point guards on this roster. And there's always a possibility the Wolves add somebody because they do have the open active roster spot and the two-way spot. And um, teams can sign 10-day contracts now. So there's that possibility that that happens before the game on Thursday. It's unlikely because I do think, as I talked about in the show the other day, I think Rosas wants to maintain as much roster flexibility as possible at this point in trade season. I mean, we're, we're exactly two weeks from the trade deadline, so of course he's not going to make any um, long-term commitments. That said, Jordan McLaughlin, I mean, who knows if he if he just tested positive for COVID. I mean, you're looking at probably two weeks, and it's going to be tough to go, or at least 10 days. It's going to be tough to go for the next five or six games with one true point guard on the roster right now, surely on Thursday night, we're looking at Jalen Noel and Anthony Edwards running the second unit. You know, one of them is going to be the, the primary ball handler. Jarrett Culver is doubtful with a toe injury and not that he's looked good at all since returning from his sprained ankle a couple of weeks ago, but 
he's at least had some experience running point initiating second unit offense, mostly last year, but has some experience doing that. The ability, the ball handling capabilities, there's not really anyone else on this roster besides Noel and Anthony Edwards. And so I think you're going to see a lot of those guys operating in the pick and roll with the second unit, a lot, probably a lot of pick and roll with uh, Noel and Nas Reed and Anthony Edwards and Nas Reed. And um, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough sledding. I mean, the Pelicans are, are a winnable game, but then things after that, the next five games are all teams in the top five in the Western conference. And to only have Ricky Rubio, as the only true point guard on the roster is going to be really tough. So it wouldn't be absolutely shocking if the Wolves ended up adding somebody on a 10-day contract just for the time being, obviously for 10 days, uh, to maintain some flexibility. I, I would also be a little surprised if they filled that second two-way slot already. I think they're probably going to wait until closer to the deadline, but that's also an option in case they decide to go that route. Related to the other Wolves point guard, um, not McLaughlin, not Rubio, D'Angelo Russell, and maybe this is a reason why they wouldn't wouldn't make a move, uh, you know, just another kind of uh, a con to making a move now is that Russell is back in Minnesota progressing in his rehab. He's now three weeks into that four to six week timeline. So he, it, according to Chris Finch, he's going to be doing some on court work later this week in Minneapolis. So, I mean, he's going to be up at that four week end of the four to six week timeline early next week. So perhaps there's, you know, maybe there's only two or three games where there's no J-Mac and no D'Angelo Russell. If D'Lo can return next week, that would be huge. Um, and of course, the the uh, the the talking point that just won't go away, and, and I don't think it can really be said enough, Russell and Towns have played five games together. So the ability to hopefully see those guys together at some point in the next couple of weeks is really exciting. And in related news, Towns talked to the media about being rejuvenated, about being the focal point of the offense moving forward. He had a great um, a great all-star break feels ready to go. Clearly Finch has talked to him about being the centerpiece of everything the Wolves do. And, you know, a positive outlook for Cat, uh, some rest for all the guys, D'Angelo Russell getting better, um, hopefully, and on the court soon. There is some optimism for the second half. As I talked about the latter part of the show on Wednesday, however, the schedule's really rough out of the break. So don't be shocked if they go one and four or zero and five even immediately out of the all-star break. And it's going to be tough uh, but then you've got the trade deadline. You've got Beasley returning from suspension at the end of the month, and you've got D'Lo coming back. So I think April and May are going to be a lot better than the rest of March, um, especially in under, no Jordan McLaughlin as well. So, you know, I, I think there's certainly some optimism for the second part of the season. And, and, and as often happens after the All-Star break, guys are talking about being rejuvenated and ready to go. So we'll see if that holds true. Um, and, and obviously, it would be great to see if if this team could play some competitive basketball and Chris Finch is still looking for his first win as a head coach as well. Um, so there's that to look forward to. All right. Um, let's talk about the Pelicans wolves matchup for Thursday night. Next first though, let's talk about Michelob ultras player of the week. Of course the wolves haven't played a game in a week. And, uh, but, but I think given Carl Anthony towns new role as the focal point of this team and his self-proclaimed, rejuvenation over the all-star break. I think it's fair to say that Cat is the guy that right now, and, and I know this sounds strange, but he's the guy who's exuding the most joy, happiness, and showing the most enjoyment for what's going on with the Timberwolves with Chris Finch as the new coach, this excitement for the second half of the season. Um, and so Cat's got to be the player of the week. He's got to be the guy that fits this bill as the happiest Timberwolf um, at the moment. 
It's only worth it if you enjoy it, as Michelob Ultra reminds us, only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Also, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? We're about to find out with the Minnesota Timberwolves in the second half of the season. And again, that's Michelob Ultra's Player of the Week. Carl Anthony Towns wins the award. Hopefully next week, we'll have somebody that has a breakout few games here over the weekend um, in a tough stretch of games. So, uh, But this week, we'll give the award to Carl Anthony Towns. Let's also talk about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Of course, March Madness starts next week. Baseball's right around the corner as well. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free. To sign up, head over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's get into Wolves-Pelicans. A reminder, though, if you're going to bet on the NBA or anything, really, it doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, Wolves-Pelicans. So you may remember the Wolves and Pelicans faced off Back in, I mean, it feels like, I almost said November. I mean, it feels like that, uh, both in terms of length of time, what the Timberwolves have been through since then. And also, that's usually when the second month of the season would be. But this was January 23rd, not even two months ago, barely over six weeks ago. The Wolves actually beat the Pelicans by 10 and had a 4-11 and record at the time. This was after Towns had tested positive for COVID-19 and was out. It was also when D'Angelo Russell was out, not with the knee injury, but this was, I think it was a, a sore knee um, or it was his other knee, or maybe it was the quad. He had a couple of nagging injuries where he missed some games here and there. He did not play in this game. So your Timberwolves starting lineup in this game was Rubio, Malik Beasley, Josh Okogi, Jared Vanderbilt, and Nas Reed. The high score in this game was Nas Reed, and the second leading score for the Timberwolves was Anthony Edwards. Tied for third most points on the team was Jarrett Culver, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. This was right before Culver sprained his ankle, and one of the few games he actually played really well in this season. Um, and somehow, the Wolves really held the Pelicans' offense in check. Um, Brandon Ingram had 30 points, but it took him 20 shots to get there. Bledsoe had 28 points on 23 shots. Zion Williamson had 19 on 16 shots. But um, didn't really do all that much damage. Zion was surprisingly ineffective in this game, of course, relatively speaking. Uh, J.J. Redick was 0 of 6 on three-pointers. Redick has always seemed to kill the Wolves, but the Pelicans shot only 30% as a team from deep in this game, which is pretty, you know, not all that far off from what they've done this season. They've they've struggled from outside the arc, and Redick hasn't had a great year either. Um, So this was one of the I think the only game the Wolves won so far this year without Towns or Russell on the floor. And I mean, they can try and duplicate that blueprint to some extent. I mean, it wasn't a, a, it was a pretty ugly game, obviously high scoring 120 to 110, a regulation game. And there wasn't a lot of defense played, which has been the norm for many Timberwolves games this year. But the Wolves at least were able to shoot a little bit better from outside the arc, 35%, but they were only 43% overall from the field. They did attempt 37 free throws in this game. 
um, and and the Pelicans attempted 28. So there were a ton of fouls, and that isn't isn't the norm for Timberwolves games this year. Remember, the Wolves have actually really struggled to draw fouls consistently this season. Um, and the Pelicans, however, on the flip side, they're one of the league's best offensive teams. And part of that is because they're fourth in the league in free throw attempts per game and, and fifth in free throw rate as a team. Um, so the Wolves have also struggled to defend without fouling. And that's been one of their biggest biggest issues overall is that they foul and the other team, their opponent gets the free throw line, but the Wolves don't draw enough fouls themselves because they shoot so many perimeter jumpers and they don't make enough of them, obviously. But they also, guys like Edwards aren't getting to the line enough. Towns has been out. Russell doesn't get to the line that much anyway. Um, Malik Beasley, same thing. They've got a bunch of jump shooters and, and cutters who don't really seek out contact or aren't willing to take contact. But on the flip side, they're committing plenty of fouls on the other end of the floor. With no D'Angelo Russell and no Jordan McLaughlin, Ricky Rubio can't get into foul trouble in this game. He's got to be able to stay on the floor. There's also a little bit of, of uh, I mean, no Culver contributes a little bit to a lack of wing depth, especially when you figure that both Noel and Edwards are going to have playmaking duties on their plate in this game. Um, Nas Reed and Towns have both been really plagued by foul trouble all season long, and they've got to do their best to stay out of it in this game. Be curious to see what the plan is to try and slow down Zion Williamson. Um, I, I think, I mean, he's such a unique player. This is well-documented, but I think it's 73%. Actually, I've got it right here. I think 73% of his shots, uh, 74.5%. So nearly three quarters of Zion Williamson's shot attempts come within three feet of the basket. So basically three quarters of the time he's at the rim and the Wolves Interior defense hasn't been terrible this year. Nas Reed's and Carl Anthony Towns' block rates are both pretty good. Jade McDaniels has a saw, I mean, for a while had the best block rate of any non bit or non center in the league. Um, so Minnesota's interior defense hasn't necessarily been the problem. It's the blow buys on the perimeter and it's pick and roll coverage specifically. Zion can score in a variety of ways. Um, and, and Stan Van Gundy and the Pelicans do a great job of getting him the ball in, in various situations, but. Uh, for instance, in, in the pick and roll as a ball handler, about 10% of his possessions are used that way. And he averages, or he's putting up 1.11 points per possession, which is just under 92nd percentile in the league. In isolation, he also uses 10% of his possessions in isolation. And he's putting up um, 1.12 points per possession. So very similar number. That's 81st percentile league-wide. Um, so the Pelicans, again, move him around. They can use him in a variety of different ways throughout the game and aren't afraid to do that. He's obviously not a major three-point shooting threat, but he can shoot from the perimeter um, and, and does at times. Primarily, though, he's operating in isolation. He's operating as the ball handler in the pick and roll. He doesn't. They don't do a ton of handoff action, um, but, but that's that's where you have to try and slow him down at least and make him think as he's, as he's trying to get to the basket. And then once he gets there, you're in trouble and you're not going to be able to stop him. Um, he shot six of 16 against the wolves the first time around, but there was some bad luck or he had some bad luck. The wolves has unfortunate luck, which doesn't happen often when it comes to, you know, shots rolling off the rim in the paint, but that happened a little bit to him in the first game. The wolves just clogged things up and Nas Reed was effective as a rim protector in that game with no Carl Anthony towns. Um, Zion does post up a fair amount. In fact, he uses more possessions in in, uh, in post-up situations than he does in isolation or as a ball handler um, on the perimeter. But his points per possession are under one. It's 0.95, and that's only 52nd percentile league-wide. So they will do some, you know, they will post him up. And if the Wolves try and stick like a Josh Kogi on him, I'm sure that that's what they'll do. That's what the Pelicans will do. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what Minnesota does or even like a Jaden McDaniels, Jaden McDaniels can probably stick with Zion Williamson on the perimeter, but 
Zion's just going to roll over him in the post, or if he gets ahead of steam, McDaniel, it, the length won't matter. The athleticism won't matter. Zion's just going to score over, around, and through him. Um, so really, Minnesota's just got to collapse their defense as soon as Zion gets into the paint and rely on the Pelican shooters to miss shots, and they have done that for much of the season. Um, so what I want to do next is kind of look at the, the Pelicans team profile offensively and what they do, uh, what they've been successful at, what they haven't been. Um, and then I'll, I'll just talk about a couple of things to look out for in the game on Thursday night. Before we do that though, let's talk about rockauto.com with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. It's for everybody. It does not require membership or account login. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Again, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the exact same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, prospects, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Okay, so wrapping up the Wolves-Pelicans matchup, I mentioned that the Wolves' defense has to collapse on Zion, make life difficult for him, try and, I mean, the Wolves really struggle against anybody with a head of steam going to the rim, staying in front of anybody, uh, driving from the perimeter, but they need to do their best to make life somewhat difficult for Zion. Um, If they can do that and then collapse on him in the paint, then the hope is that if he kicks it back out to the perimeter, the Pelicans jump shooters will not make shots in this game. And that's what happened the last time these two teams played. Again, the Pelicans shot 30% from three. They were 10 of 33 from deep. Uh, Brandon Ingram was just two of seven. Uh, JJ Redick was 0 of six. They were the primary uh, offenders in terms of guys who struggled. Um, And that's what the Wolves have to bank on if they're going to win this game. Uh, Lonzo Ball's been 38.7% from deep this year. He's been their best three-point shooter. Eric Bledsoe has been 38.5%. Brandon Ingram's right at 38%. So they've got three guys between 38 and 39%. And Reddick's down at 36%. Nobody else that plays in this rotation is an above-average three-point shooter. Um, And so as a team, that puts them at uh, 19th in the league at just under 36% for team three-point shooting percentage. They don't actually attempt all that many. They're 24th in attempts per game from deep. Um, but the the plan here or, or the goal, if you're defending against the Pelicans, is to make them shoot those threes. 
Um, and, and hopefully they're not completely wide open threes, but you'd rather do that than foul, foul Zion Williamson at the rim where he's likely going to make the shot and he's going to get to the free throw line. Um, the Pelicans are fourth in the league in free throw attempts per game. They are only 28th in percentage. Um, but Zion himself is a 70% three point, excuse me, free throw shooter and gets there 8.2 times a game, which is just insane. Um, I mentioned 75% of his shots come from within three feet. Look at his free throw rate so far this season. Um, Zion's is 0.511, which means that more than half the time that he attempts a field goal, he gets to the he attempts a free throw. It's just crazy. Um, and as a team, it's pretty good. I mean, Stephen Adams is over 0.4. Brandon Ingram's a point, 0.285 in terms of free throw rate. Um, compare that to the Timberwolves, just for a little bit of context. And the Timberwolves, I lost it here, but the Timberwolves don't have any individuals individual players who free throw, whose free throw rate is above the 0.4 mark outside of Jared Vanderbilt, who doesn't shoot the ball enough, who doesn't attempt enough field goals for that to really be a valid number here. The Wolves' best free throw rate is Ricky Rubio at 0.314, Josh Akogi at 0.306, and then Towns at 0.302. And the Pelicans have, have a couple of players who are regular players who are starters for them in Steven Adams and Zion Williamson who have free throw rates north of 0.4. And again, in Zion's case, north of 0.5. So um, very different styles here in terms of offensive play. The Pelicans are going to, are the bruising team that's going to get into the paint and kick out and shoot threes. The Wolves are going to play outside in, except for Towns post touches. And Minnesota's not going to get to the rim and draw fouls. And they're not going to make threes at a very high clip. Um, And neither team gets, or is a very good free throw shooting team once they get there, which, you know, we've, we've seen plenty of, from the wolves lately. Um, the Pelicans, however, actually are, have a worse defensive rating than the Timberwolves. The wolves are 26th in the league in defensive rating, or excuse me, 25th right now, according to basketball reference, the Pelicans are 29th. Um, and I mean, the wolves have Carl Anthony towns and, and towns has struggled at times with Steven Adams in the past, but for the most part has matched up with them really well. Uh, and this isn't quite the same Steven Adams from, you know, four years ago in Oklahoma city. So towns should be able to have a good game in this one. The wolves should be able to do something offensively, obviously no Beasley, no D'Angelo Russell, but this is a very giving Pelicans defense in the sense that they're going to allow you to score on them. And they're, they're concerned with their own offense. They don't have um, a ton of great perimeter defenders themselves as, as a team, individual defenders. I mean, you're basically, you're looking at, um, well, really no solid, you know, above average, easily above average individual defenders on the perimeter for this team. Um, Jackson Hayes, the backup center, the young backup center has been very good. He had some injury issues this year, but he's, he's a solid defender. Um, you know, Steven Adams again is, is still fine in the paint, but in terms of perimeter defenders, Brandon Ingram flashes defensive skills, but is not consistent. JJ Redick, of course, is, is a sieve when he's on the court. Eric Bledsoe has never been a good defender. There's hope that Kyrie Lewis Jr., the rookie point guard, will be a good defender eventually, but he hasn't been this year. Um, so the Wolves should be able to score basically at will, even in a depleted state. The problem is going to be, can you slow down Zion? Can the Pel- can you avoid fouling? Um, which to me is the biggest key to this game is, is keeping the Pelicans off the free throw line because they get so many points there. Um, and then also to a lesser extent, you, you just got to hope that the Pelicans three point attempts aren't extremely wide open and that they don't make them at a higher clip than they typically do. Um, and this is a beatable team. I mean, they're 15 and 21 right now. They sit 
10th in, or excuse me, 11th in the Western Conference. So just a spot out of the playing game, although they are three and a half games behind Golden State. Um, they're part of that cluster where New Orleans, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento are all within a game of each other, and they're all within four and a half games from the final playing spot. So the Pelicans are obviously still trying to win, and they've still got Zion Williamson. But it's a winnable game for the Timberwolves, even without D'Angelo Russell and without Malik Beasley. So hopefully the Wolves can uh, can play hard in this first game out of the break and have a shot at coming away with the victory in this one. Of course, um, we'll be back with a post-game pod immediately following Thursday night's Wolves-Pelicans game. And uh, that'll that'll count as Friday show. And then over the weekend, the Wolves have Friday night off before they have back-to-back games on Saturday and Sunday. Um, those are both at home against Portland. So I'll have a show that goes up Saturday night following Saturday's game, uh, kind of a, a recap of that game, looking ahead to Sunday's game, although there's going to be less to preview since it's the same team. But I will have the one post-game podcast over the weekend between Saturday and Sunday, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And then, of course, next week, um, games all week. So back Monday through Friday, every day of the week. If you're not familiar with this podcast, if you're new to the podcast, this is a daily Monday through Friday show with weekend post-game pods. So be sure that you're subscribed anywhere you can get podcasts. That includes, of course, iTunes as well as Spotify. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T and at BBeacon. It's BBeacon, two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Occasionally live tweeting games from the LockedOnTWolves Twitter handle. I, I provide some commentary throughout games from my Twitter handle, but I also sometimes am live tweeting from the Dunking with Wolves Twitter handle. So um, follow me any of those places and um, and you'll get some in-game commentary. Um, a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories? It's only worth it if you enjoy it. All right, that's all we have for you today. Be sure to check back after the game on Thursday night for post-game thoughts. Enjoy Wolves-Pelicans. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.